0: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite video games. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my stupendous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt?
1: I am stupendous. Oh. Be stupendified!
0: <laughs> uh, you know, I, I started rereading a bunch of old comics uh, from like the 70s because I've had nothing to do for the last week because I can't go anywhere or do anything, but um, and it is amazing how many words they made up specifically for like heroes to say back then. Uh, we should start doing that every week. Just make up a new word because why not? Like what? I don't know. I've give you some thought. Maybe by the end of this podcast, we'll figure one. But you guys aren't here to hear about that. Uh, or maybe you are. I don't know. I don't run your life. Uh, but we're going to be talking about something that, well, is a little bit exciting. Uh, over the last week, we did receive news of what the next Warcraft expansion is going to be. Uh, and it is aptly titled Dragonflight. Uh, it is what something we've been speculating for a long time. And I think that a lot of people are. It's not really that much of a surprise. Uh, but we will be returning to the Dragon Isles. Uh, it does seem to be quite a bit more involved than maybe we originally uh, made guesses of. But there's definitely some things there like Titan facilities uh, and the, probably some secrets to that of the original like early days of the Dragonflight themselves. Uh, so we thought it would be a good idea to maybe spend some time talking well about the Dragonflights uh, where they've been what we what we know they've been up to uh and what might potentially be story threads that get pulled on in the future matt where do you think we should start
1: spain 1736 the art um sorry i'm <laughs> uh i think one of the things that's interesting here is at the end of cataclysm we basically kind of had a door shut on the dragon flights uh the aspects had given up their powers um So they were just, I mean, they were still big, big dragons that were really old and knew a lot of stuff and weren't very powerful because they were big dragons, but they weren't, they didn't have the aspect power. Uh, And so dragons sort of went on the back foot. We saw in Legion, for instance, that the blue dragons were having a hard time. Uh, They couldn't have new clutches of eggs. They were trying to raise the last generation of eggs and they couldn't have any more. Which is not an which a lot problem. of us felt yeah which a lot of us felt like hey but that was that was the story we also saw Ysera die in Legion yep and so in in following the rest of Legion and in Battle for Azeroth we saw the Dragonflights trying to figure out what are we what are we doing uh, how are we what what is our future going to be do we have one um, for example Melithra who we originally saw all the way back in ICC. Uh, Ice Crown Citadel. She was the, the the Green Dragon that we had to heal. Uh, it was the the fight where instead of you know DPSing, it was about healing the boss uh, and DPSing the ads to keep them from getting to her and making her worse until she could get to a certain point. You, until you'd healed her enough that she burst forth and and could wreck everything. And and you know that's how the fight went. Uh, it was the fight where the healers were like. Basically, it was their time to shine. She she's she shows up in Battle for Azeroth as well. I mean, and she's basically the de facto leader of the uh, Emerald Dragonflight mm-hmm. because you know Ysera's dead, and she's the eldest daughter, and yeah, that's her job, that's her role. Uh, and it was it was interesting to see. And we had Rathian, of course, and also Ebonhorn, uh, who we also met in Legion, the two uncorrupted black dragons. Although Ebonhorn isn't as lucky as Rathion in that he's still susceptible to their whispers of the old gods. Uh, sorry, I should have thrown that in there, but you know, as long as he's in a protected place, he's okay. He's not, he's not like crazy cuckoo pants. Um, and the two of them had kind of a interesting relation. Uh, I thought that was really actually pretty nice that Ebonhorn and Rathion ultimately got along and, and, you know, exchanged if not pleasantries, they 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 recognized each other as black dragons, and you know, Rathian didn't try to kill him or anything because he he had a tendency to kill other black dragons when we first saw him, but he's he's chilled out on that it seems. So there's a lot of there was a lot of uncertainty, and and we were all kind of expected. Rathion told us uh, in Battle for Azeroth he he made a point of saying I'm trying to find the Dragon Isles, but I can't find them. I've looked around, I don't know where they are. Nobody will tell me anything. And in the uh, setup here. the the thing first thing we found out when we were like watching the uh announcement video is that it wasn't a question of them not telling him they couldn't tell him because they didn't know where it was
0: it was very similar to like how uh the in mr pandaria the the pandaria was cut off from the rest of the world right like surrounded by an impenetrable mist and the
1: only pandaren we knew were the ones who were on the wandering isle yep and that like chen and all those they, they hadn't been to pandaria either uh they, they were part of an area that had broken off just, just before the mist came down. So they, they had no way there either. Um, so that was interesting. And it is a similar situation, except in this case, it's not, uh, the way that, that it went in Pandaria was the, the last emperor essentially used the power of the Shah. Like he actually used the power of the Shah to do it. That was how he did it. That's what the mm-hmm. mists were. Um, that's why the land was so tied to the Shah and the Shah were so tied to the land. Um, so, in a way, he kind of doomed his people, ultimately. Um, whereas, in this case, it was the, the, the natural magical energy of the world was changed by the Sundering. And we don't know, one thing we still don't know is where the, mis- the, the Dragon Isles are, physically.
0: Yeah, we haven't we know seen we'll that going
1: yet. There. Yeah, but we don't know where they are. It's quite possible that they were close to Northrend. I mean that would explain why Wormrest Temple is there,
0: and why the bone, like the seemingly like the boneyards of uh, of the Dragonflights were there.
1: The dragon, yeah, the dragon blade. Well, it it would make sense, and also uh, Malagos's home was in Kaldara. That's where the Nexus is. It mm-hmm. would make sense for the Dragon Isles to be somewhere in the vicinity, uh, especially since, like I said, there was that road going from Alduar to Wormrest Temple, and then south, and then it's. Gone because Northrend is no longer part of a bigger continent. It's quite possible that the Dragon Isles were another of those Titan facilities along that path, um, which we've also seen in Calteris, Not in Calteris, uh, Sorry, Zandalar. Uh, the Titan. The Titan Road literally crosses. There's a place uh, I want to say in Nazmir where the road starts again. Yep. Where you can be like, this is the road yep. that goes to to Wormrest. So it's quite possible that the dragon isles are just somewhere in that area. We don't know. Um, but they were sealed off because after the sundering, the magical energies that fueled that area that the dragons were originally from were gone. And so the place was effectively, the dragons couldn't stay there anyway. And so they allowed the watchers to seal the place off. There's there's still a lot more. We don't know, but I think that's an interesting idea to start off on because it does make us wonder like the, uh, the Dragonflight book, and I'm blanking on the name, but Richard Knack wrote it. You remember the one?
0: I do. I just can't remember the um, name off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, I can never remember it either. But in that book, um, was it Dawn of the Aspects?
0: Yes, yes, it okay. was.
1: Dawn of the Aspects. We see that the originally the 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 five aspects that we that were there at the time, the the, the first five, were originally proto drakes living somewhere, and it's never really clear exactly where. Um, but since we know that Galakrond, for instance, uh, his bones are in the Dragonblight, it seems to me pretty likely that the Dragon Isles were originally very close to the Dragonblight.
0: The The other thing that should, I think should be noted here, too, is just because we know that the dragons uh, Dragon Isles exist doesn't mean that it was... There's a lot we don't know, Matt's right, but it also doesn't necessarily mean that this is the, like, one place where all the dragons came from. Does that make sense? Like as we've interacted with them over the years, we've seen them have different places of rest. Like Matt's bringing out with like uh Malagos and having the Nexus. We've seen things like the crimson Reduff and,
1: um, uh, had a, a cave sanctuary Nelfarian had his own, on. his own sanctuary as
0: well. Uh, Although, as did uh, the caverns of time. We have, yeah,
1: but we're also seeing that those places might've been established later because we are seeing that the, the dragon isles are apparently the place where the dragons built their own kingdom. And that's interesting. So they might not, This the dragon house might not be their birthplace.
0: Right. That's what I was getting. It
1: might be the place where they started their own kingdom. And what does that mean? What is a dragon kingdom? Uh, that's, you know, we've, we've never seen dragons living as the, like people in a nation. We've always seen them as like aloof beings who show up, tell us we got to do something. Or in the case of the black dragon flight are, you know, crazy for old God juice and want to kill everything. Um, one of the things that's really interesting about the Dragon House from the little bit we've seen is that a lot of it is rooted in stuff Naltharian did before he went mad.
0: Yeah, which would uh. make a lot of sense considering some of the experimentations and some of the things we see that uh, Naltharian and his, uh, his uh, children got up to, uh, as far as like experimentation with the dragon flights go, and some of the, the weird creations that they really tried to push. Are not so far fetched and not so far off from where we see some things that were happening on the Dragon Isles, and like I'm talking, like the Drakthir and things like that.
1: Like- yeah, and one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot uh, since we're going to talk about this, we we've got the original Dragon Flights, uh, the you know the Ruby Dragon Flight, the you know the, the Blue Dragon Flight, the Emerald Dragon Flight, the Bronze Dragon Flight, and the Black Dragon Flight. Yep. Um, but there are other dragons
0: chromatic infinite netherwing nightmare yeah but
1: some of those are yeah but a lot of those like the chromatic and the and the uh, inf- infinite and the uh, netherwing and the
0: The creations I forget what the, the twilight ones they're the creations but there's the storm drakes I was going to say storms the other one which we don't know if they're creations or not
1: well plus here's a weird thing that you can find storm drakes in skywall yep when you go to skywall there's storm drakes there um but there're also storm drakes in stormheim and Suramar. they just live in the mountains there
0: and we do know that elemental drakes will be a thing, uh, as far as the Dragon Isles are concerned, as well.
1: Yeah, but but and we're going to see proto dragons that are like all elemental, and the primal elementals, and that that's a whole thing that's coming up. So, like, what about the earth, like the uh, stone drakes from from Earthholm? Are are there other Deep Home Like, will will we be getting just dragon flights back? Like, will we be getting the, or will we actually kind of get a chromatic dragon flight finally? Because all the dragons will be in it. You know what I mean? Like that's something I've been thinking about.
0: Yeah, and I think I think we spent a lot of time focusing primarily on the five original dragon flights, and then sort of the things that sort of spawned off after them, as far as like through those experimentations. But over the years, we've learned so much more exists that there are so many different things that could potentially uh, be considered dragon flights in their own right. We also don't know what existed prior to the raising of the dragon aspects into their prime, their their primal dragon flights, right? Mm -hmm. Because before this, they were they were drakes, right? They were they were proto dragons. They were proto dragons.
1: -dragons. Yeah.
0: So there's a there's a lot we're we're going to learn. It's a little
1: confusing. It's a little confusing because we use the word drake to kind of mean not fully grown dragon, Mm -hmm. like you 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 know what I'm talking about, like the ones people ride, and yet we also kind of use it for proto dragons. And so it does get a little confusing uh, sometimes. And I'm not sure if I'm pretty sure you can call proto-dragons drakes. Uh, I think that is definitely an accepted, accepted name for them. But it is not something that that has a lot of no one's ever really sat down and said, OK, when we say drake, we mean this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is, con, that is interesting to think about, too.
0: So there's a lot of things that have happened over the years to the dragons uh, internally, like within themselves as well. We've talked about events that we've lived through, but there are points in time where in Warcraft's history, things like the Red Dragon Flight and the Black Dragonflight, which were all we knew at the time, uh, were embroiled in, for lack of a better term, uh, slavery of dragons. The dra- the, the Black Dragon Flight would capture, I believe, uh, Red Dragons for experimentation primarily because they were so closely tied to... Uh, life in general and uh, there's an entire story about how i believe it was alex straza was uh, captured and used as uh basically for rearing whelps for orcs at one point as well uh there's a lot of of trauma in the Dragonflight even before they weren't aspects anymore um that at the hands of of mortal creatures and they are complicated and and messy just like we are um, let's talk about the Black Dragonflight because I think I think uh, Nef- Nefarian is or, or Neltharion is probably one of the more interesting aspects simply because of what wound up happening with with their corruption. So Neltharion was the uh, otherwise known as Deathwing. Uh, before becoming Deathwing, was the Warder of the Deep Places. Was given dominion over uh, the Earth by Kazgaroth the Shaper. This dragonflight, because of its affinity for the earth, was susceptible to the whispering of the old gods. Now, the problem with this is that all of the old gods trapped inside of the earth, which was given to their prison, they kind of learned, and we talked about this before, how to rail against their shackles, and this was one of the ways... Uh, which of the old gods was it? Was it Nazoth that spoke to Deathwing?
1: According to Cataclysm... Yes, it was Nazoth who originally spoke to Deathwing and got him on board. Uh, Nazoth is—we see Nazoth portrayed several times. before we see him in Battle for Azeroth. Uh, he gets mentioned at, in Cataclysm, uh, and he's mentioned as the "quote unquote" paymaster uh, behind Deathwing. That—that's from a—that's from a BlizzCon. But we really only start to get a hint of who Nazoth is in Legion when the Shadow Priest uh, artifact dagger whose name I can never remember is Mitch's girlfriend. Yes. Um, it, it talks about how Nazoth was the least of them. And yet he's the one who's like, still pulling strings at this point, uh, which is a bit of irony. Nazoth is apparently, we see throughout Nizoth's interactions. We see his interaction with uh, Ashara. We see his interaction, at least the results of his interactions uh, in Nyalotha. Nazoth is a manipulator. Nazoth doesn't, doesn't per- put, put, themselves out there. Nazoth let, lets other people step up and do the work. And that's very apparent in how we see Nazoth's forces under the command of, of a couple of of Chithraxi basically serving Deathwing on the assault on Wormrest Temple mm-hmm. at the end of Cataclysm. Uh, so yeah, it, it's Nazoth who, who originally did that. Yep.
0: And we see how powerful this pool is too, because it's, it's interesting to think like, okay, these are great aspects, these are huge dragons. Neltherian is like this m- massively powerful creature. How could they possibly be corrupted by something so uh, trapped away, so diminished in power? But then we get to the stories with like Ebonhorn, where part of the reason Ebonhorn couldn't leave High Mountain is because that's where they were protected. They couldn't stray because anything further than that would possibly give them. Uh, Basically, put them back in the sights of the old god, in this case, Nazoth, where they would instantaneously uh, be under assault. And we actually do see this when we're at the heart of Azeroth, essentially, in the heart chamber, and uh, Ebonhorn comes to aid us by giving us his power uh, when we're trying to work our, our magic against Nazoth. It is almost instantaneous as corruption. And well, it actually, is, we see it before that, and we do see it before that as well. Yes, go
1: ahead. Uh, in the uh, oh bloody heck, the uh, origin when when you're doing the quests to ex- to establish that the uh, highborn, the high mountain Toran, have joined the horde. Ebenhorn goes with them to Thunder Bluff to talk to Cairn. My uh, Cairn, sorry, he Cairn's dead. To Bane. talk to Bane, and uh, boom! Immediately, the old gods start whispering at him. And he has to go immediately. He has to just leave while they're being attacked by old god things. So yeah, it, it's really bad for Ebonhorn.
0: And, and it's it's interesting because it is almost instantaneous. It is violent and it is almost absolute because Nazoth has figured out how to sort of manipulate that tie to the element of Earth through Azeroth itself to sort of rest that control. To, I have to a theory about that. that. Go for it. I'd love to hear it.
1: It's a cypher of damnation.
0: Yeah, that would make sense.
1: It's the exact thing that was originally used to control the elemental lords. By binding Neltharion so closely to the earth, he's basically considered an elemental.
0: Yeah, he's the closest of of all of the aspects, he's the closest to an elemental, right? Like none of the others really are, because you have the steward of time, a steward of life, a steward of the dream, and then a steward of magic, and then you have the steward of, of the element of earth.
1: And what's interesting about that, too, is that I bet you 10 to 1 that the primals that we're going to meet in Dragonflight tie into this.
0: That would make sense. But that aside, that starts a cascading uh, effect that we see for years, whether this is uh, the capturing of Dragonflights by that of the Black Dragons for experimentation. When you go to Blackwing Lair and you start seeing and Blackwing Descent and you start seeing what was being done uh, this is where we'll, we'll use Blackwing Lair during the, the Nefarian and kind of during our fight with uh Nef- Nefarian, you see the Drake humanoid things, this first attempt at servants, or at least we think it's the first attempt uh at creating mindless, brutish servants of the spawn of the dragon flights. Uh we or oh, dragonids. Dragonids, thank you. Uh we see uh that again when we start going into Blackwing descent and we start seeing the Twilight uh the, the the Twilight Dragonflight. We start seeing the the culmination of all of the genetic splicing and arcane splicing that Nefarian has been doing that uh Naltharian was doing beforehand. Uh but what's interesting about that
1: is that sure,
0: maybe the black dragonflight was first in the fray here,
1: but all the other dragonflights had draconids. They did. And had the other kind, like General Dracosath version. They had them too, the Dragonkin. So they were, maybe they weren't the ones coming up with this stuff, but they had them. And I think that that's going to tie into the Dractheer a bit.
0: And that's what I was going to bring up, because we do see that. This is something that wasn't really talked about. I didn't see, but we do see it. If you watch the announcement video for the expansion, you see Draconoids. You see not Dractheer. You see Draconoids working in what the approximation of like what the empire of run by dragons would look like. You see them laboring, they're walking around either acting as guards or doing something. They're there. They're present. This is, yeah, and they're new. also
1: there. If you go to the root to the, to, to warm rest temple.
0: And they're there. And they're there. If you go to uh, the Ruby, the, the Ruby rest, yeah, the Ruby
1: sanctum. Yeah. The Ruby yep. sanctum, the, the, you know, they're, they're standing as guards. When you go down into the, t- the chamber with the portal to the various dragon sanctums, they're right there. Mm-hmm. And you go to the dragon shrines, they're right there. So everybody has them, and I think that's going to tie into this, we're going to find out more about where where the various dragon can come from, including the Drakthir.
0: I think so too. Uh, and I think that's one of the most interesting things about it, is all the experimentation that we thought was experimentation from like this weird, horrific point that the Black Dragonflight was doing, we think at the behest of Nazoth might not have been actual, like, Experimentation aside from creating the Twilight Dragonflight, the Draconoids; those might have been examples of domination, or possibly something that they were told to look into, because they were trying to figure out domination magic, which we just figured out uh, ourselves. We just learned about over the course of this last expansion. But if Nazoth knew about this, which we know that the Void was aware of the Shadowlands beforehand, that could be a key factor of what the Black Dragonflight was actually being tasked to do. Now, to complicate things further, then we have Rathion, who we've talked about a lot, uh, who I believe is possibly Anne's favorite child. Um, but he was born as an uncorrupted, potentially uncorruptible, at least we thought, Black Dragon, reborn and given life uh, as a way of, like, I guess hope would be the best way to put it. Rathian spent a lot of his time trying to figure out who he was, what the Black Dragon flight was, what the future was going to bring, but also murdering corrupted black dragons. He killed a lot of them, and I'm pretty sure if he knew that Sabellian existed in Outland, he'd probably go try to murder them in that clutch too, because he's trying to get rid of the impurities. As a matter of fact, when we first have the interaction between Rathion and Ebonhorn, there's a lot of mistrust there from both sides, for obvious reasons. And the fact that they kind of decide to not like attack each other is a big step in Rathian's sort of growing up question mark. But now that the Dragon Isles have been opened back up, now we see that there are Black drakthir. There are Black Draconoids there. They do not seem corrupted. Does this mean that Rathian can come and maybe breathe life back into the Black Dragonflight? Is this something where we can see maybe... With N'Zoth being eliminated, seems too harsh of a word, um, put to sleep for a while, or at least not necessarily pushing on the, the reins, does the Black Dragonflight have a, a chance to come back? And I think that's really, I think that's personally fascinating.
1: Only but, if their true leader, Baron Sibelian, comes back.
0: <laughs> well, then we'd have to see if uh, Rathion and Sibelian would ever get along. Like I said before, I'm Oh, sure- they're going
1: fine when he's, you know, being digested in Sibelian's stomach.
0: Well, I was going to say, I was pretty sure that if, if Rathian ever learned of civilians existence in outland, there could be an attempt there, but the black Dragonflight has gone through quite a bit and been the catalyst for quite a bit of disruption uh, and a lot of pain to the other dragon flights. Um, so we'll see what happens there too. Would, would the other dragon flights welcome Rathion back?
1: Well, there's actually a lot of other stuff to think about. Like, First off, I don't think that Domination Magic or anything we learned in Shadowlands is going to be particularly big on the story here. Um, sure. Because I don't think it needs to be. Uh, I think what, what we're, we're going to see is these... We've got the primal dragons. That's what they are. They're drakes. They're like the proto-drakes from, from Northrend, but they're, ty- they're tapping into elemental magic. Looking at the concept art, one of the things that the, the person who created the concept art said was that he wanted them to look like natural disasters. Like the fire one is like a volcano, uh, the wind one is like a tornado. They're, they're like literally natural disasters bearing down on you. And part of me is like, why did these guys get imprisoned? We don't know why. We don't know what they did yet. We know that they were imprisoned, and then they've been there for like the past ten thousand years, locked away.
0: Uh, were they imprisoned the because was... they were too close to the the elementals? Maybe. Maybe
1: that's how the uh, maybe that's how the old gods figured out they could influence dragons. In the first place, maybe it's these guys. You know, who knows? Uh, but we also know about these, ha- these mysterious elemental half giants, the uh, Dijardin, I think they're called. And there you see their influence in the, the opening cinematic v- video, the, the cinematic for it, uh, because they're the, the tower that was used to seal off the Dragon Isles, the, the one that the head Titan watchers at, is being overrun by molten lava. The magma is boiling out of the earth and is overrunning the tower, indicating that when the magic came back, those enemies of the dragons also came back. And their first move was to attempt to destroy the Titan facility before the dragons could be summoned back.
0: Which is it because that we're, and this is something I want to pose a question to, uh, and something I've been thinking about since we saw this. Matt and I have often talked about, you know, where did the dragon flights get empowered? And I think we're going to have our answer. And I think it's going to be Tears Hold. And I think that's part of what that makes that facility so important. And any of the enemies that would be looking at it would probably want to eliminate the means with which potentially the dragons, the dragon flights themselves, the aspects could potentially be powered back up.
1: Here's the thing about that. We know that the dragonflights had succession principles. They did. Because we saw them get used. We saw uh, Malagos be succeeded, you know, succeeded by uh, Calagos after Malagos's death. And they, they had a, a method to do that. So it's quite possible that on the dragon Isles, they will not just have the succession protocols, but remember that there was the, the Nexus had to have some kind of like, like celestial concordance thing to, to do it. There was like, you know, they couldn't just do it on a whim. Perhaps that's because they'd lost access to Tearhold. Yeah. And that they therefore had to come up with an alternate, you know, principle to, to power it. But right now, uh, like we've got Ysera is gone, uh, Kal- Malagos is gone, but Kalagos is currently the blue aspect or was the blue aspect before still um, is. they got depowered. So he's still in charge, but he's technically not an aspect. None of them are right. anymore. But of the originals, uh, three are dead. Malagos, Ysera and Deathwing. Um of the the, the original 5 Dragonflights, two of them don't have don't don't have their original leader and one of them of those two, no one's even sure if they're if we could even have a leader for it. Like you know nobody knows does Rathian count? Like do, does Rathian get to be leader? That's that's a big question. But Melithra also is in a weird nebulous position. She's her mother's heir, but she was never affirmed. You know, she was never actually chosen and given the rank of an aspect. Caligos, even, even now that he's been depowered, can still say, I was, you know, I am the head of this, this dragon flight. He was acclaimed it. He won, for lack of a better word, the election. But Melissa you know, is just kind of accepted. She never really got that status. Will they be becoming aspects again? Is that going to be a part of what happens here? Or is this story about how the dragons find a new future? Like, maybe they don't become Aspects again. Maybe that's the time of Aspects is gone. When they said the Age of Mortals is at hand, maybe they meant themselves too. Maybe that's, or maybe that's what well, they're going to discover is true. That that they don't get to live forever and be Aspects anymore. They live and die like everything else, just at a dragon scale.
0: Which I think would be fine, because there's another question that's on the table right now that we don't know. At some point uh, during the last several years, starting with, uh, I want to say it was Wrath, where we technically lose the little pocket dimensions that were the brooding or breeding grounds or, or brood lands or whatever. It was in you the Thrall
1: novel. It was in the Thrall novel. Yeah,
0: but we it's actually not
1: Wrath. Uh, but no, but is, we
0: participated in. A, I want to say in Wrath. Well, we At went into
1: a- the we went into the uh, the uh, black. I can not remember. The, I want to say the like ebon, but that's not the right word. But we went into the the, the sanctum and we fought Sartarian. And that's that's where we basically that was their place of eggs and and hatching and all that stuff. And then we went to the Ruby Dragon, the Ruby Sanctum, and saw Obsidian Sanctum. The first one was the Obsidian Sanctum, and the second one was the Ruby Sanctum. We went in there and saw the place where Ysera's clutches are hatched, but we never saw the eggs. Correct. Yeah, they were not but seen.
0: One of the, one of the things that the, what I'm alluding to is here. There's a, there's this this pervasive thought. And I'm not sure if they ever really addressed it, but that the dragons can't reproduce anymore or at least don't have a place to lay their their clutch of eggs.
1: Oh, yeah. We we know that they said something along those lines in Legion uh, and they were talking about it before. But I know that in Legion you get like specifically the blue dragons are like, yeah, what do we do here? Um, We've got this last clutch and then we got nothing. And that's the last time that was brought up.
0: So I think maybe that becomes something we talk about here. And that's one of the things I'm most excited about because yes, maybe they don't get to live forever. And dragons already live an extended a really long period of time whenever you talk about anything sort of like fantasy related. But Mm -hmm. what if they find a way to move forward from all of the trauma that they've had, find a way to have children again, find a way to rejoin the time of mortals? Because that was the big thing. Like you talk about at the end of Cataclysm, it's the statement of, the time of dragons is over the time of mortals is now there's nothing that says that dragons can't be mortals too they already pattern a lot of what they do parallel to how mortals live this just sort of embraces it further they already take on our aspects they already hide in plain sight uh, as if they were you know one of our, our our peoples why not allow them to sort of have that full coming of circle where they can start having a society again and start moving forward so what do you think the next next flight we should talk about do you think we should talk about the emerald dragon flight what happened there
1: no absolutely not (laughs) we just leave that nope nothing about the emerald dragon flight they emerald dragon flight don't nothing about it um we can talk about anyone you want uh i think if you want to talk about the emerald dragon flight uh they're the ones who are kind of in the most weirdly like I don't want to say precarious, but I can't think of a better word. Like we see at the end of uh, when you're when you're doing the quests in in Battle for Azeroth, and you're going to get the the remnants of the uh, power of each dragonflight, and kind of revealing that those those power that power is still there, uh, even though the aspects seem to be gone, they've given up their power. The power of of the that the titans originally invested in the dragonflights still seems to be there.
0: They are powerful, uh, and that's
1: interesting. Yeah. and when you go to the to the greens you go to you go to where they're uh, currently fighting in Valshara and you meet up with Melithra who is the de facto leader after Yessara's death. I don't know like, should we go back to like that I, that was a big deal yeah, you know, in I Legion. Think so. Basically after Cataclysm, Cataclysm the all, everybody all the dragon aspects and Thrall got together and fought Deathwing and and ultimately Kill deathwing at the cost of their aspect power. Each of them sacrificed being an aspect in order to ensure that deathwing wasn't just dead, he was really absolutely super dead. Um and I was actually really sad we never ran into deathwing uh in the afterlife, quite frankly. That was a that was a really bad decision in my opinion. We dead definitely should have been some some lotharian. It would have been great if if we turned out one of the kyrian was lotharian. Uh but anyway, we we at the end of that cataclysm happens, the uh the dragon flights no longer have aspects. They, they, but they're the, the people who were the dragons that were the aspects are still there. Like, you know, um, Alex Straza is still leading the reds. Um, and so forth. The problem with the, the Emerald Dragonflight was yes. was always kind of tangled up in what was going on in other worlds. Anyway, like the Emerald dream.
0: Yeah. The Emerald and, Dragonf- dragonflight was always sort of removed. Right.
1: Yeah. And so in Legion, uh, the, the, we see the attack on Valshara by uh crypt corrupted satyr who are like basically working for the Legion again. Although it does kind of feel an awful lot, like they're kind of backstabbing the Legion for the old gods at the same time. But regardless Xavius, the, the first satyr who's ser- who is serving, apparently he's serving this off and the Legion at the same time. It really does. It's really up there. It's, it's pretty iffy. He ultimately manages to corrupt Ysera herself. Cause she's not an aspect anymore and she can't like well, really prevent it. He, he uses a corrupted tier, you know, tear yeah. of a loon yep. and uses that to corrupt you Sarah. Um, and it's only cleansed of that corruption when she dies because uh, apparently a is so heartbroken at the sight of poor dead, you that she cleanses the uh, the tear of a with her own tears because it starts raining and lifts her up bodily into the heavens and where we then next see her, Uh, in Legion, not in Legion, uh, sorry, in Shadowlands where she's, her spirit has been sent to, uh, Ardenweald possibly there's this whole bit where when, uh, Elune finally actually manifests through to Taranda and is talking to the Winter Queen, she even says, I sent my people to you. So it's possible that Ysera and all the dead night elves were intended to go to uh, Ardenweald originally. As opposed to where they would have normally gone, and that there's a whole thing about that. But that's like that's the the place we are right now. Uh, Ysera exists in the Shadowlands, but doesn't. There's no chance of her coming back because she's been bound to the Shadowlands. She's been bound to Ardenweald, and that means that the Emerald Dragonflight on Azeroth is basically you know kind of like they have Melithra, who's doing her best, but Melithra was never imbued with the Aspect power and thus not the knowledge of an aspect. They also gained more than just power from, from the uh, investiture. They also gained knowledge, wisdom, uh, understanding of what the Titans knew. And she never got that either. So that's the situation the Emeralds find themselves in, which is why I'm really... I don't know that I want... Like I said, I don't know that I want them to become aspects again. And I don't know what, what will happen on that front. But I would like it if Melithra got some story here. Because Melithra's been in this position since the end of the battle for Azeroth, where she's the, the the de facto head of the Dragonflight. But what does that mean when she was never an aspect? She was never the appointed leader, you know? She never she never achieved that position. She just it just sort of happened. She was forced to do it, not that she was chosen to do it or even wanted to do it. And so I wanna see like, are we gonna find out? Like what's Melithra's story in this expansion? What what happens with her? What happens with the Emerald Emerald Dragonflight? What role do they have now? We found out that the Shadowlands exist. We found out that Ardenweald is a very big part of the cycle of of death and birth and res- and resurrection,
0: and tied to the Emerald Dream in a very very deep way.
1: So what is the Emerald Dragonflight doing now? Are they communing with the because they you know she's reachable, or at least for a while she was? And that's the other thing. When we close that hole in the sky over Northrend, does that seal away the Shadowlands again? Because before it was almost impossible to get there. Like, it was very difficult to reach through the veil. It took all of Helia's knowledge to do it in the past. It, when the, the Lich King was looking through using the Helm of Domination, he could, even he only got little glimpses and visions, you know? So does that mean that they, they know Ysera is there? They know that she's part of Ardenweald. Can they talk to her? Can she talk to them? You know, there's a lot of interesting stuff to this that, that we don't know what, we don't know what the the Emerald Dragonflight's role will be. We know that they're going to be tied into some of the story because it's even brought up that the centaur that live in the dragon isles, like live in the same area as the Emerald Dragonflight. And that they basically, there are planes that the centaur live on and the dragons are like, yeah, we don't care about that. We're going to live here in these, these groves and grottos and you just do whatever and that's, like, what's the deal with that? Like, what's going on there? Like, do they not, do they coexist? Do they not coexist? And there's still a ton of possibility here that I'm really interested in seeing.
0: I would agree. Uh, and I think there's a lot of, with the Emerald Dragonflight, especially now, that it would be interesting to see where the story takes them, especially after all the events that they've they've had to partake on the, even the, and let's not forget, like, not just the, the death of Ysera, but the corruption, the Emerald Nightmare how far that pushed things back, uh, how hard we had to fight to get rid of the nightmare that we now know that Nazoth was uh part and parcel with orchestrating uh, and whether Xavius was actually working with the Legion or whether it was just an opportunistic strike. Uh, I don't think we ever really got clarification on that. I don't think he really nope. was working with the Legion.
1: No one. Well, he, he certainly seemed to be at least using the Legion attack as a, as a, a pretext yeah. or a, A means to an end. Whether or not he was actually part of the Legion is is debatable.
0: And the other thing that I think is interesting about this is because of the nature of the Dream and the Emerald Dragonflight, there is also something else that they are sort of tied to intrinsically. The world trees. And we just had a recent story event, very, very fresh in a lot of players' minds, where one of them burned down. Now that they're sort of have the Emerald dream back now that things are are, I don't want to say calming down, but now that shadowlands is coming to a close, how does this like is this something that now has importance again? And we know that the world trees were important for many, many reasons. They were uh, often used as like caps for gigantic fonts of power or places of really big important significance. And we know that despite being some of them being dead, that they can come back. Look at the one at Hyjal. We know that it's been restored. We see it. Uh, we interact with it. It's not necessarily completely blown up anymore like it used to be. Uh, the one in Northrend that the Furibulg are living in is starting to sprout again. There Does this now have an impact? Is there now a purpose for the Emerald Dragonflight to steward those? Are they still important? Are they necessary for the healing of Azeroth? And so, and that's another thing. We, 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 talk about how much trauma azeroth has gone through the emerald dragonflight and the red dragonflight being uh stewards of the emerald dream and stewards of life tend to be more tied up in the healing of the land now that they're back now that they have access to their to whatever the titan facility gives them potentially or we assist them in getting that
1: well actually the two that that actually brings up something go for it one of the things we're told is that the reason that the dragon isles are getting their magic back after all this time, is that Azeroth is healing. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, does that mean it took a- that Azeroth is healing from its recent troubles? Or is it healing from the original Sundering?
0: And we know that they've been gone for almost 10,000 years, so it feels like the original Sundering.
1: Yeah. And so is it, what does that mean for Azeroth's current state? Like, we, we, th- we basically saw Azeroth get really badly injured during the end of Legion. And all of Battle for Azeroth was all about it. And at the end of Shadowlands, we find out that the entirety of Icecrown Citadel was originally built to help as a, as a means to try to drain the World Soul of Azeroth and use it to power, like the recreation of existence itself in Zareth Mortis. Now that that's done, like we've we've stopped that from happening, we've effectively destroyed the machinery. Is that something that has been draining Azeroth? And and is that is that the cause of the planet's rebounding? Like, is it literally a case of you know, like no one knew that the planet had this new ongoing wound that's been having since the end of the third war, and now that that's over, the some of the power that was being drained away can now return to the world. Yeah, that's been
0: living that's been living rent free in my brain since seeing the end cinematic for for Shadowlands, uh, or at least going through the encounter with the jailer is. Did we accidentally fix something we didn't know needed to be fixed? Was this what Azeroth was trying to tell us through Magni all this time? And is that potentially why, when we were getting together and doing all of the uh, stuff to link the Titan facilities together again for the Origination Beam uh, at the end of Battle for Azeroth, that Northrend wasn't involved? Because don't forget, like, Alduar... Uh, Memron said no. Couldn't
1: say no, he hung up.
0: Yeah, he hung up he hung up and said, "Yeah, no, no, we're we're not helping you. Bye." Which seems counterintuitive, but we also know that that's where uh one of the watchers that was set over the aspect of life uh under ANR was. That's where Freya lived, right? We know that that facility was important. We know that there was importance there. Is now that we've eliminated the threat of of Northrend, the threat of the Ice Crown Citadel is that now doing its job that it couldn't do all those years ago. Is that facility finally able to complete what it needed to do? Because it seemed rather odd that that facility would be there right next door to Ice Crown Citadel, like it was, and we never learned what the pr- the truth of the facility was.
1: What was it for before they used it to imprison Yogg Saron? Exactly. Yeah, we don't know. We know that these facilities had a purpose before they were used to imprison uh, the various old gods. Um, And part of that purpose was the origination of Azeroth. It was the healing of the wound that was created when the Sundering, no, not the Sundering, the original wound that created the well of eternity. The Sundering exacerbated that wound. And what happened recently wasn't making it any better. It's quite possible though, that by by getting rid of ice from citadel what you're saying is it's quite possible that the titan network is managing to come fully online now
0: or at least that's what memra might have been doing or trying to do or trying to do uh,
1: or for that matter you know it's also possible that you know they're all secretly you know corrupted and evil now who knows
0: who knows um but there's but, but now with the, another titan facility the reason i bring this up is because now another titan facility is back online and it's a yeah, response to Tier hold mm-hmm. is back online and the guess is that. Oh,
1: I wonder if that's Aldorus.
0: Uh, that's what I was just going to say. If it's one of the other Aldas that we didn't know existed yet, or that we knew existed but didn't know the name of. Um, or but the location of, yeah. The location of. We made the, the guess that Tearhold is the location and possibly the source of the Titans empowering the dragon flights where it actually occurred, or at least that's what I think. And I think that's a pretty safe bet, at least as far as uh, speculation goes. But what else was that facility for if, or was that its only purpose? And if it wasn't, is it feeding power back into the system? Are these locations starting to tie themselves back together as they come back online? And is this well, just the latest, mean, latest point of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we got aldear back, and Mother is now active, yep. and Mother is tied into the Titan facility at the heart of Azeroth, yep. which is itself within range of Aldom. And we know we're going to see Uldum on. In this expansion, there's a new wing of Aldeman that we're going to see. That's going to be one of the new dungeons. And why would you go back to Aldeman? Like, what's, what's there about Aldeman that makes you want to go back to that? That fascinates me. Because Aldeman is where Arcadis went when Tyr was killed. Mm-hmm. And we know we, we thought we knew where, where Tyr died. Um, and there's some debate about that now. I don't think that that figure we see on the seat in Tyrhold is Tyr. No because we know where Tear died. Tear died in in Tearsfall. Like literally Tearsfall. That's where Tear died. Um but that facility has been discovered. Now we we've, we've discovered we know where Deer was. We know
0: and if it's, uh, it's not, if, a lot. And if it's not obvious, mm-hmm. the reason that we're bringing up Titans with the discussion of dragons is because the dragons are inexplicably tied uh, I shouldn't say inexplicably, they're intrinsically extricably. tied. Intrinsically yeah, was what you were looking for. Yeah, they're tied to Tyr. And tier, these locations that are coming up are important to the story of tier and him as a watcher and what happened there. And so, as a result of that, it becomes important to what happened with the dragons. So I don't even think that the dragons didn't really know what happened to Tyr either, right? Like that was something that they never volunteered this information.
1: No, they they the they, they didn't know or they didn't say. Uh, it's quite possible that they didn't know because Tyr seemed... To, during the, uh, the 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 whole incident of Tyr's death is tied up in Loken's machinations mm-hmm. and the discovery that the old gods had corrupted uh, at least one of the Watchers. And Tyr, Arcadis, and Ironia grabbed the discs of Nurgannon and took them because they knew that Loken was going to edit them and therefore they had to get... Oh, Hello! That's why you go back to Aldeman because that's where the actual discs of Norganon are. Uh huh. The ones up in Northrend are not are, are edited by Loken. For instance, he mentioned he calls himself the prime designate in them, but he's not. He never was. And he edited them so he could, you know, push that case.
0: And what was probably contained inside of those discs? Well, one possibility
1: might be how to make it aspects. Yep. Um, but another thing that comes to mind is when you go to original Alderman you find out something that I've been talking about for years. Remember we had that discussion a long time ago about the curse of flesh? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's pointed out is that it is unusual to use stone and rock to create the, the titans servitors that we see. That that's it was unusual to Azeroth, and they did it on Azeroth to create creations who are endurable enough to deal with the old God corruption. It's straight up said in Oldeman. It's never said up, up in old It's not said in the halls of lightning or you know, the whole encounter where the, the, the lore thing, the, the three, the, 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 the tribunal, I cannot say the word tribunal today, the whole encounter with them where it talks about the necrophotic entities does not mention that it is unusual to have done this. But it's said in Oldemon. But if we, na- we now know that the Alderman discs are the actual distant organon, then it implies that there is an alternate path that is the intended path for Azeroth, and it isn't big rocky people. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the Tersa flesh isn't something that the old gods created, it's inherent ob- obsolescence planned for the Titan Forged.
0: Because I, I it's what that, they
1: I, usually do.
0: I said that years ago, where they're right there with you. But I yeah, think, we
1: were talking about the, because of Oldamon is the reason that I started bringing it up. But and what if that's why we're going to Aldemon now?
0: And what if it has tied in with the aspects? Because again, look at what the aspects were. Look what the Dragon Flights were stewards over. Arcane Energy, Time, the, the Emerald Dream, and Nature, and Life. And let's talk about the other one, which was, again, back to the Black Dragon Flight, the element of Earth. The element that the Titan servitors were made of.
1: Oh, Oh, but now that we know that there's these primal dragons that are coming back and that are like the rivals of the aspects that they were imprisoned. What if that's then the evolution that the dragons were going through earlier? Because we know that the dragons were the proto-drakes, the proto-dragons, the ancestors of dragons were going in a certain direction and tier picked a bunch and created the aspects out of them in the same way that Odin created the Stormforged. Uh-huh. So what if aspects and the, the the dragons that they created are like constructs? Yep. And then in order, that's why they couldn't have kids. And that's why there needs to be something new changed in order to make them able to have clutches again.
0: Which has Ivan going back and getting the blueprints of Tears' design because Tyr is the one that came up with how to empower them in the first place, would allow us to actually go back and do, or at least find out, especially after they gave up so much of themselves and that power in exchange with the the uh, the Dragon Soul in order to defeat Deathwing. What if that's why that all happened? It wasn't necessarily a corruption. It wasn't necessarily a uh, destruction of their ability, but it was an unforeseen consequence... Of essentially activating an obsolescence that wasn't planned for them, so we have to go back and edit the code, and the only way to do that is to find the source material. We're going to see a lot of really interesting stuff happening with the dragon. Yeah, the We dragons. have no
1: idea. Like we we haven't even talked about three of them yet. Like we haven't even talked about the 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 blue, red or bronze dragon flights.
0: <laughs> we just got through two. And I mean, we can talk to a couple of these real quick, just for the the sake of complete. Or like I wouldn't even say like completion because Joe.
1: Yes. Let's just accept that we're we're doing a two parter here. Don't even try.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be part. This is gonna this is gonna be a two parter.
1: Yeah, it's a two parter now. Just accept it. Especially, like, we can try to do that. Like in five minutes, we're gonna no. cover three dragon flights. Come on.
0: Uh, but it is it is important to note that like when we talk about not just the dragon flights and the story that's to come with them or potential for it. Uh, it is always going to be tied up very heavily with the Titans and Azeroth itself. And the further we get, the further along we move, the more that's becoming more apparent and, and how deep that story goes. We talked about getting a, a sort of a, a, not a finality, uh, but a, a conclusion, a crescendo to the dragon story because let's be honest here, the end of Dragon Soul did not feel good the end of that raid felt awful and everything that's happened to the Dragonflight since then has continued to be awful. We owe them. <laughs> we, we owe them fixing a lot of this problem because they went out of their way to do stuff for us. Uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, you think about it too. The dragons were these, you know, they weren't stupid or simple minded, but they were these creatures who had barely begun climbing into, into their like power. And then they got taken and used by Tyr to save Azeroth. And it was because they were part of Azeroth in the way that the Titanforged weren't. They, they saw Azeroth as beings from it, as beings of it. And the Titanforged, meanwhile, have been turning into beings that are part of Azeroth. Yep. You know, we've got the humans and the dwarves and possibly even the trolls are descended from beings that were Titan forged initially. Uh, the Mogu, we see this with the Tol'vir. and now it would be a, it would be a nice thing to see that the dragons get to return to their legacy as part of Azeroth. That would be something I would be interested in seeing.
0: Indeed. But I think that's going to do it for today, folks. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast for the queue and an ads-free site experience. Uh, Again, we continue to stand with the employees of uh, Activision Blizzard, as well as all the game companies out there that are working on unionizing, trying to create a safer work environment and a better tomorrow. Uh, I apologize for a little more uh, disjointed or casual episode today, folks. Uh, There's just too much to really talk about, and it's always kind of fun, at least from my end, to kind of see where the conversation goes, to start with the root idea of let's talk about the Dragon Flights and the next expansion and kind of see where things happen. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. If you have thoughts on it, please be sure to share them with us. Uh, Again, if you are listening to our podcast on any of the uh, reviewable sites like Apple Podcasts or uh, Stitcher or Spotify, be sure to send us, uh, to give us a like or, or to give us a, a rating, uh, comment on the episodes or share them with your friends. Uh, that simple act does help us quite a bit. If you have questions about the Dragonflight or the Titans or the company expansion that you do want us to speculate on or try to answer to the best of our ability, we will go ahead and send those questions in and you can send them into podcast at blizzardwatch.com or you can also send them into our Discord channel. We have one for Patreon Q and podcast questions as well as one for Q and podcast questions section. If you can't support us on Patreon, again, we understand. Uh, but little things like that do help us out. Uh, just let us know what show it's for, share them with your friends, and we will continue to try to make the content that we hope you enjoy because gosh darn it, we like making it. Uh, But I think that's going to do it for us this week, folks. We'll see you next time.